Welcome to Catholic Connection with Teresa Tamio, keeping you connected to your faith and your world. Teresa tackles the issues of faith and culture, the pro-life message, and media awareness. And now, here's Teresa Tamio. On a Wednesday, it's Wednesday, January 17, 2024. Thanks so much for tuning into EW10 and so excited because we are moving into a very, very busy, busy weekend coverage live of the upcoming March for Life in D.C., God willing, on Friday, and Walk for Life West Coast on Saturday, and so many other activities. And you can stay tuned not only to EWTN TV, obviously, television network, and online at EWTN.com, but also right here on EWTN Radio, because we are simulcasting. We have the technology, and we can do it, and we will, God willing. And I'm so excited because Deacon Dom and I, after the show today, fly out of the Motor City into the nation's capital because I'll be one of the correspondents, which I love doing, covering the March for Life for the network. We'll be uh, up at the rally there right before the rally begins for a couple of hours doing uh, live reports. Then we move on to the March route, and we'll be there pretty much all afternoon doing live interviews. So I really look forward to it. It's a, it's very uplifting, even though we know what we're looking at in terms of what's happened in this country the past uh, more than 50-plus years with all of the abortions, 62 million abortions, not to mention the fallout from that. But to see so many people from all across the country and all around the world, so many walks of life, so many different organizations represented, it's phenomenal. And it's a great thing to cover and to be a part of. So please stay tuned to us here at EWTN Radio and EWTN.com for all the events. There's so many events. There's One Life LA. There's a West Coast Walk for Life. There's a March for Life. There's a Mass tomorrow night at the Basilica in D.C., and so much more. Speaking of which, Father Mitch Pacwa is on with us today to take us back a walk down memory lane and how Mother Angelica and Doug Keck mentioned this last Friday on our Inside Word segment that we do every Friday with him on how really it was Mother's determination and her love for the movement and for the pro-life cause that led to the gavel-to-gavel coverage, as we say in the business, as to what we have today. So we'll find out some of the conversations he overheard and had with Mother about the importance of covering these pro-life events and how it came to be that we are your pro-life radio and TV network because nobody, and I'm saying this from if I just stepped out of my role as a Catholic talk show host on EW10 and one of the correspondents, just stepping out as a media expert and someone who's been in the business now for, as scary as it is, 43 years, I graduated from college in 1981, so yes, it's been 43 years of broadcasting. <laughs> scary. And I'm only 40. I can't figure out the math, but I'll worry about that later. But if you look at it just from a professional, technical perspective, it is a huge undertaking. Huge. And it takes a lot of prep work. It takes a lot of people. And when you get into the mix of possibly bad weather, but it's not going to be too bad on Friday. It's going to be in the, thir- in the 30s. I think we might get some snow. You have a whole other area that you have to contend with. So this is a huge undertaking for EW10, and they do a great job. Not just, of course, what we do covering the march, but all the -the behind-the-scenes work and the other programs and the other activities that they cover. So, again, stay tuned, and we'll be talking about that with Father Mitch Pacwa, going back at how it began to develop. And then we're going to be going to Jones, Rome, to get the latest on the papal audience today and other news out of Rome. So that's what we're looking at today for a Wednesday. Tomorrow we'll be coming to you from, God willing, our nation's capital. As far as the weather goes, we have still some heavy lake effect snow will continue, and there's a big winter storm in the northwest. We have an active weather pattern continuing with the heavy mountain snows to the northwest portion of the country, an ice storm for areas of the interior Pacific northwest, and they have some bands of heavy lake effect snow continuing for parts of the Great Lakes, especially off Lake Erie and Lake Ontario. Now, in that area of the country, they're actually expecting, get this, not just a few inches, But the National Weather Service is saying that part of the country could get several feet of snow. And temperatures slowly moderating throughout tomorrow for the plains. Another Arctic blast, though, is expected later this week. So that's a look at the forecast. And keep in mind that if you're traveling as we are today, there could be some delays because of the weather flight-wise. So just keep that in mind. 9.04 on a busy Wednesday morning, January 17th. Let's get started with the news. After a year of renewed attacks on churches, Catholic News Agency explains the U.S. bishops are saying that the attacks on houses of worship constitute the largest threat to religious liberty in 2024 and could even threaten the very lives of people of faith. 
The report is titled The State of Religious Liberty in the, in the United States. You can find it again at the Catholic News Agency website, catholicnewsagency.com, and also the National Catholic Register website. The report released annual by the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops, a Committee on Religious Liberty. The Bishops' report is based on information gathered by the Committee for Religious Liberty, led by Bishop Rhodes out of Fort Wayne in South Bend, Indiana. Since the overturning of Roe v. Wade back in June of 22, the church as well as pro-life organizations, attacks on them have risen considerably, the report says. And the bishops say that the annual crime statistics gathered by the FBI in 2022 reported anti-Catholic crimes as nearly 75%, that's right, 75% higher than for any other bias. And a new survey by the Beckett Fund for Religious Liberty found religious Americans feel their faith is less accepted by society than in previous years. According to Beckett, as CNA explains, the greatest change in perceived feelings of acceptance is among Christians. However, consistent with previous year's studies, religious non-Christians report significantly lower levels of perceived acceptance, 8% lower than people of faith as a whole, and 12% lower than non-Catholic Christians. Only half of people of faith in the U.S. feel their faith is completely accepted or accepted a good amount, According to Beckett's new 2023 Religious Freedom Index, a report that was shared exclusively, by the way, with Catholic News Agency. In other news this morning on a Wednesday, the EU adding the political leader of Hamas to its terror list. In Brussels, Stuart Smith says any funds Yahya Sunor has that are held in EU member states has now been frozen. The European Council listed Sinwar as a terrorist for what it describes as his involvement in Hamas's brutal and indiscriminate terrorist attacks in Israel last year. In November, Israel said it had trapped Sinwar in an underground bunker believed to be in Khan Yunis within Gaza. Israeli media reported that during Israel's military operation there, leaflets were dropped offering 400,000 US dollars for information about his whereabouts. Just over the 100-day mark after Hamas's attack on Israel, the White House is now doubling down on its efforts to free those being held hostage. The president spoke uh, to this on the grief and suffering that the families of those hostages have now felt every single day since the 7th of October. National Security Council spokesperson John Kirby is saying in a White House briefing that National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan met with the Prime Minister of Qatar to talk about releasing the remaining hostages Hamas is holding. NSC coordinator for the Middle East, Brett McGurk, also is in meetings to work on the hostage situation. And meanwhile, Hamas has released video of three hostages, including images showing the remains of two others. Michael Kastner tells us thousands, as we mentioned earlier in the weather report, in Oregon are without power as an ice storm is freezing parts of the Pacific Northwest. Forecasters warn parts of western Oregon could see up to half an inch of ice today. Thousands of Oregon residents will have to endure the weather without heat as power outages across the state have left tens of thousands of homes and businesses without electricity. Over half a dozen deaths are believed to have been caused by the extreme weather over the past several days. Cold weather is causing problems also for EVs, electric vehicles, in many areas, including the Windy City of Chicago, where some homeowners and EV owners found that charging stations aren't working and others are forced to deal with dead batteries after not being able to get to a charger in time. You have to come up here, wait two hours to get on the charger. They tell you the chargers are fast. It takes two hours to charge your car. That's Marcus Campbell, who leases an EV. In Evergreen Park, Illinois, there's a line of EV drivers waiting to plug their cars in, filled with frustration. That's if you even get there. Some EVs ran out of juice and had to be towed away. The Republican presidential candidates are now turning their attention to New Hampshire. Former South Carolina Governor Nikki Haley was the first to arrive there following Monday's Iowa caucuses. She came in third behind former President Trump and Florida Governor Ron DeSantis. There are two debates set to be held in New Hampshire, but ABC News has canceled one of them. Haley says she won't participate in either of them unless Trump does as well. Trump has yet to participate in any of the GOP presidential debates. Michael Board tells us the Mexican cartels continue to recruit children to work as migrant smugglers. Near the Texas border in the town of Del Rio, state troopers chase down a white Dodge pickup filled with illegal immigrants. Heading into the Air Force Base. The driver makes a wrong turn and unwittingly ends up at the gates of Laughlin Air Force Base. The troopers pounce on his mistake. Your hands out the window! 
The driver and his helper were only kids, ages 16 and 17, paid to smuggle a load of illegal immigrants, including a little girl. That driver, the Nicaraguan, had previously crossed the border illegally, was processed and released with a work permit. It's a day in court today for Daniel Perry in New York City, the 24-year-old Long Island Marine veteran facing second-degree manslaughter charges and a negligent homicide count on the chokehold death of Jordan Neely on a subway train last May. In a pre-recorded video released last summer, he claimed that 30-year-old Neely posed a threat to his fellow passengers and that he acted in a way that would protect the other passengers, protect himself and Mr. Neely, and he has pleaded not guilty. A federal judge is blocking a planned merger of JetBlue and Spirit Airlines, a Department of Justice suing last March to stop JetBlue's proposed $3.8 billion deal. U.S. Attorney General Merrick Garland arguing that merger could lead to higher fares and fewer choices for travelers. And Brian Shook tells us health officials are warning that folks who traveled through Dulles International Airport and Ronald Reagan Washington National Airport in Virginia recently might have been exposed to the measles. A traveler with a confirmed case of measles was at the Dulles Airport's main terminal on January 3rd. And then on January 4th, the traveler was at Ronald Reagan Washington National Airport's Terminal A. No information was released on what airline the passenger was using, where they were coming from, or what their final destination was. Anyone who traveled through the airports should be on alert for any symptoms until January 25th. Tells us Congress is now announcing a bipartisan deal to expand the child tax credit and also create a series apparently of some tax breaks for businesses. Ohio Senator Sherrod Brown says in a statement it is a win for families and manufacturers across the Buckeye State. He is encouraging the quick passage of a bipartisan tax bill just announced by members of Congress. Included in the deal is an expansion of the child tax credit to help families struggling to keep up with the rising cost of living. The measure would lift the tax credit $1,600 cap and adjust it for inflation. It will also help make housing more affordable by expanding the low-income housing tax credit along with reviving some expired business tax cuts. The agreement caps off a months-long pursuit of finding common ground between Democrats and Republicans. Sponsors are hoping to get the bill passed before the end of the month. Four astronauts are on a historic mission are due to blast off today. SpaceX will launch the mission from Kennedy Space Center. The mission will be the first with an all-European commercial crew to go to the International Space Station. And you're traveling around the Earth if you're going over to Paris. Well, it's getting more expensive to visit the Mona Lisa. In Paris, Tony Waterman tells us a world's, well, among the world's most popular museums, which houses the famous Leonardo da Vinci painting. Well, they've raised prices by, guess what, a whopping 30%. A ticket to the Louvre now costs about 24 U.S. dollars. And the museum says rising energy costs and a plan to extend their hours are to blame. But the jump comes just months before Paris hosts the Summer Olympics and as other prices in the French capital soar, most notably metro tickets, which will double during the games. The Louvre is the most visited museum in the world, with nearly 9 million visitors last year. Almost 14 minutes past the hour. I hope you're staying warm on this a very busy Wednesday and a cold Wednesday in many parts of the country, January 17, 2024. The National Weather Service reminding us we have an active weather pattern continuing with heavy mountain snows. This for the northwest portion of the country. Ice storms for the areas of the interior Pacific Northwest and some bands of heavy, very heavy lake defect snow continuing for the Great Lakes, especially off Lake Erie and Lake Ontario. Those areas could expect several feet of snow and temperatures slowly moderating throughout the day today and tomorrow in some parts of the country but another arctic blast could be expected later this week up next father mitch pakwa joining us on a wednesday we're going to take a look back at how all this amazing coverage of all the different big pro-life events began he'll take us down memory lane stay tuned CMF Curo is a Catholic health care ministry providing families nationwide with a better solution centered around whole health, spirit, mind, and body. Our members share their medical burdens within a faith-filled community. At CMF Curo, our members have access to a spiritual director, concierge services, and other health and spiritual resources. Find out if CMF Curo is a better solution for your family. Visit MyCatholicHealthCare.com. That's MyCatholicHealthCare.com. Jesus calls his followers disciples. That's the word that we use in English. But really, in the Greek New Testament, it's the word for student. Now, 
you might say the school of Jesus Christ uh, is more of a trade school or a technical school than it is a liberal arts college because in the school of Jesus Christ you learn how to live like the master lives. But it is a school. The teacher isn't just passing along information. The teacher is passing along knowledge of the ultimate purposes of God. The master is passing along the knowledge of life and the will of God concerning man. The school of Jesus Christ is a real thing, and if we are disciples of his, we've entered into that school, and by paying attention to his teaching, we will conform our lives to his. Cresta in the Afternoon, weekdays from 4 to 6 on Ave Maria Radio and AveMariaRadio.net. When the need for senior care arises, home is where the heart is. Visiting Angels provides home care for mom or dad up to 24 hours per day, including personal care, meals, and light housework. You may select your professional caregiver with Visiting Angels. More information at visitingangels.com or at 877-374-LIVE. That's 877-374-LIVE. Visiting Angels, America's choice in senior home care. minutes past the hour on a Wednesday, a very important week, very important month, a pro-life month and a pro-life week, especially for us here at EWTN, gavel-to-gavel coverage, as we say. Father Mitch Pacwa joins us every week. This week he's on, with us on a Wednesday. So, Father, I want you to take us, if you don't mind, down memory lane, so to speak, because I was speaking with Doug Keck, as I always do on Fridays on this show, and we were discussing the coverage that we're going to be entering into this week for D.C. and for uh, L.A. and San Francisco this is really something that Mother Angelica had, had dreamed about because she was so committed to the pro-life cause, and she was very close to Nellie Gray, wasn't she? Good morning. Thanks for joining us. Good morning. Yeah, uh, as a matter of fact, most every year, uh, as far as I can recall, uh, Nellie Gray was a guest of Mother before the uh, march. I she she was on, as a matter of fact when I came on the show uh, in 2000 uh, and uh, see I started in 2002 full time here and I had her on uh, the, the show as well for a couple of years uh, I, I don't think um, she was on too much after that but mm-hmm. one of the things that um, you know, we also committed ourselves to as EWTN expanded and started to, you know, show things off our site here. We, you know, when we started, everything had to be in studio. But then we could start to do not only coverage of the march, but do it live. Right. And that was a very important thing. I, I uh, matter of fact, I uh, spoke at the march uh, some years ago, mm-hmm. and one of the points that I made then, uh, I think, was key to Nellie Gray and Mother Angelica's attitude. It's not enough to change the laws. Yes, that's insufficient. You also have to change the hearts and minds of people. And that is one of the points of the March for Life, to win people over to a commitment to protect the innocent, whether in the womb or those who are sick uh, and dying uh, in old age or uh, terminal disease, Protecting vulnerable life has to be an internal commitment. And when I had spoken there, I made a very important point. Uh, I, I think I still hold this. Our country has suffered horribly because slavery was introduced, especially the forced enslavement of Africans. And there, there were Christians, and it was primarily Christians, who opposed slavery. You 
look at the politicians and they danced around the issues or were full-throated supporters of slavery. The, um, uh, for instance, in the 1858 election for Senate in Illinois, mm-hmm. uh, Douglas and Lincoln debated that issue. Douglas, the Democrat, made the same kind of arguments that we heard about abortion, namely that slavery is condoned and defended by the Supreme Court in the Dred Scott decision. Black people are inherently inferior, according to Dred Scott, and therefore we want to leave the right to slavery up to the states. That was their argument. Lincoln, the founder, one of the founders of the Republican Party, was arguing no. The um, uh, Declaration of Independence gives us an inalienable right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. That all are and created that, equal. Yes, and mm-hmm. all are created equal, and that that basic argument remains true. When Lincoln argued against Douglas, and then argued again in the the debates for the 1860 presidential election, on the same principles, that he was arguing for freedom for African people and African descent people. Well, now we are arguing for the unalienable right of life. And that the Christians who had been arguing for decades earlier than that, mostly evangelicals, because the country was, of course, a Protestant country, uh, but Baptists up north fought for uh, uh, against slavery and for the right to freedom, and other Christians opposed it. Uh, for instance, that's why the Southern Baptist Convention was started, to defend the right in 1847, of a slave-owning missionary to be a missionary, that they did not accept that basic right and came up with the various arguments. Christians who go for the March for Life have to do the same thing. We have to make the arguments and win the hearts of people so that they understand. Otherwise, the problem that happened after the war between the states, where for a while during Reconstruction, African Americans were allowed to vote and to run for office. Freed slaves were given that right to vote. Uh, the 13th and 14th Amendments gave that to them. But the people were not won over to the belief that their right is given by God. And they, after Reconstruction, all kinds of Jim Crow laws came in to take away their rights to bear arms. Blacks were not allowed to have firearms. They were not allowed to vote. And they had to be segregated increasingly because people still believed what was said in the Supreme Court, namely, blacks are inherently inferior. So hearts were not changed. Well, if we don't have that that change Mm -hmm. of heart Mm -hmm. that the unborn and the elderly, which I'm joining uh, as a group, and the infirm, have a right to life that is inalienable. You cannot take it away because you didn't give it any more than you gave free will to anybody. That those rights are given by God. This is our structure as a government, even though we have so many atheists who deny this. We have to win people over to understand that these rights belong to us, and not only grudgingly accept it, but promote life. That's a change of heart. Inconvenient children are not inconvenient to God. 
there to win hearts. That's the purpose of the marches, the ongoing talks, and the ongoing struggle for life, winning hearts and minds to God's perspective that each life is precious, everybody has free will, and you uh, you can't enslave people, and you can't kill them. Right. And also, I think, too, this is why, as you mentioned, that winning the hearts is, is why Mother spent so much time on so many different stories, especially spending time with Nellie Gray, an amazing yep. witness who walked away from a very successful career to devote herself full-time to the pro-life cause. More with Father Mitch Pacwa. We're talking about the history of not only the March for Life, the issue in general in our country, but also the dedication of the network, EWTN, to cover this. As we say in the biz, gavel to gavel, not just the March for Life, other big events as well. We'll be right back. Thanks for tuning in to EWTN, this program, Catholic Connection, a co-production, as we always mention, of EWTN Radio Network and Ave Maria Radio Network, EWTN.com and AveMariaRadio.net. So, Father, you've been at the network for, for quite a while, and we were talking during the break, and I was trying to explain... 40 years 40 years. Month. Yeah, wow, congratulations. What a gift you are and to so many people through all of your great work. But you can look back and remember, and I think part of the reason, obviously, it makes it easier, a little bit easier to expand the coverage when technology makes it easier, where we have remote cameras now, where we can walk around freely without being, you know, attached by, you know, a cord to the truck, which also I saw change when I was in in TV news as well years ago. But I want people to get a perspective of the commitment that Mother made early on to stick with this in terms of the coverage, because, you know, there's nobody that covers this the way we do. There just isn't. Yeah, this is, uh, as a matter of fact, uh, you can be 100% sure that CNN and (laughs) MSNBC uh, will diminish it. Right. They, they, they will not cover it. They don't, they, they, they would, (laughs) I I hope that they, uh, and this this is an important thing. They, they don't, they, they hate this issue. And this, uh, they, they are so as opposed to the pro-life folks. They want to call them anti-abortion rather than pro-life. Or anti-choice. And, That's another big yeah, one. And, yeah. and, right, right. They have their ideology. And they diminish uh, the, the numbers. They don't cover it. None of that. We do. And it, it's the same attitude of rejection and even hatred and disgust that was shown by the pro-slavery people to the uh, abolitionists. It, it's remarkable. Wow. We, we, uh, to look at those parallels, and uh, I urge everybody, reread Lincoln, Debus, uh, uh, and Lincoln-Douglas debates. It, it's, it's just remarkable to hear uh, and see the parallels to today. Not, but here's the thing. The... Uh, just as the left in our country has changed away from pro-slavery to anti-slavery, they're not in favor of slavery now. They're, they're, they want African Americans to have their rights, and they promote that. And our commitment to the life issues is to work for the same kind of change If people have changed about slavery and segregation, they can also change about life. That's important. And we send lots of our crewmen. I mean, our folks go up there every year. Mm -hmm. And it's it's cold a lot of times. Um, you know, that we're not a, we don't like that kind of cold down here in Alabama, but our folks go. And they talk about how cold it is and how they're freezing, and they do it because, uh, A, they know that nobody else will cover it. Mm-hmm. They know that this is something we need to make known to people. And the response of our of my coworkers, the cameramen and the, the directors and producers, when they come back from the march is that... Um, they're amazed at the crowds that are not, which are such a big news thing 
not covered by other news media. Mm-hmm. And they're amazed at meeting the folks, uh, the, the young people. One of the things they hear over and over again is how many young people are showing up. These young people and, and our crew members recognize it. They feel like survivors. They have lost, in many cases, brothers and sisters to abortion. Mm-hmm. They've lost cousins, potential friends. And they know it, and they're marching for life because they're survivors of this abortion agenda. And our crew members are moved by them. They're moved by the uh, women who have had abortions and regret making that choice. The the Silent No More movement, that, that... happened on that developed on camera you saw those women you know speak out at the supreme court and men who whose children were killed whether they promoted it or whether they're against it they talk about that grandparents and our crew is so moved by that kind of conversion that has happened among people who have had abortions, mm-hmm. as well as the young people who are marching. And the the uh, love and enthusiasm at the masses, and the uh, especially from the young, these, uh, you know, give them so much hope for the future, and they just love it. It's not... Uh, something that they say, oh, yeah, yeah, another day, another dollar. Right. No, right. no, this is moving for them as news people. Mm-hmm. Well, and perhaps that, that was something that Mother Angelica had in mind, knowing to be around all these, these, these great pro-life witnesses, that, that the crew maybe, if there were people in her own staff, because not everybody might, might be, you know, Catholic working at EW Chan or, or believe in everything. But the other thing, Father, that I've noticed, because in addition to our own staff, and you know this because you've been there for 40 years, often on these big mega events you have to hire crews from outside of the network. Yes. So much right. that you have to cover. We, we physically right. don't have the people. So we bring in a lot of freelance crews, especially behind the scenes. And I've noticed a lot of the photographers or the, the production crew have asked me questions after a particular interview that I've done because they're saying, I never heard that before. Can you tell me more yep. about this? Where can I find information? So yep. we're, just, we're having an impact not only on the people who view it and listen to it and follow it online and social media, but also the people who are working there can sense that there's something extremely important about what we're doing. Mm-hmm. No, that's exactly right. That's exactly right. And and don't you know? I, I'm not trying to imply that any of our camera crew were pro-abortion. No, but 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 no, maybe no. not. Maybe but they have not covered it before, and they're there, and they and, and they, they get a deeper understanding of it. Yeah, a deeper understanding that puts a fire in their belly about mm-hmm. it. Yeah, that they were they were. There, well, again, most of the folks here, Alabama is 3% Catholic. Right. So you can imagine that, you know, the majority of uh, folks working are not Catholic. But they uh, look at this and they get a fire in their belly uh, that they realize, and they bring it back to their own churches and their friends and all that, um, and this is something that, you know, just helps them over. And that's the purpose of the march, to reinvigorate as well as educate. Uh, meeting some of the politicians yep. who do show up. You know, uh, uh, Vice President Pence came and spoke mm-hmm. uh, when, when I was there. Um, you know, and you, you saw a number of the uh, representatives and and. Uh, senators, they want to be there. <laughs> they like the, the pro-life guys want to be seen as politicians. <laughs> mm-hmm. Not that I'm cynical about politicians, <laughs> but <laughs> I get it. But the, but the other thing is, when you do get to talk to them, you know, you see that. Um, this also moves them to right. see these people. Yeah. It's, All the people. Again, it's not a Senate floor fight. These are real people. And it's, a, it, and it's a fight for the hearts and minds of folks, too, because we have to change the hearts and the laws. Father, thank you so much. Pray for all of us heading down to D.C. and San Francisco for safe travel and that all the equipment works. We'll be right back. We go to Rome next with Joan Lewis. Stay tuned.
Catholic Connection on a Wednesday. It's 39 minutes past the hour, January 17th, going over to Roma for Jones Rome. Jones Rome at WordPress.com for an excellent blog. Check it out. Uh, so, Joan, a lot to discuss, of course, Wednesday, papal audience. But I wanted to address something that occurred over the weekend. There's apparently a very popular Italian TV show, talk show that's on. Right. Holy Father was on it, and it was a wide-ranging discussion. He said he's not planning on retiring. He doesn't want to travel again and whatnot. But the story, and you and I both know this, that received the most attention, and Catholic News Agency reported it, you reported it, I reported it, the register, that he said it's not dogma, at least he said that, but in his opinion, I'm paraphrasing somewhat, but he did clarify that it's not church teaching, but he believes and he hopes that hell is empty. So, I mean, he's certainly entitled to his own opinion. I've heard other Jesuits say that or allude to that. My concern is, as you and I know this as media people, that a lot of people don't distinguish between something the Holy Father is saying is his personal opinion, even though he did say it's not dogma, because it comes out of the words of the, of the Holy Father, the mouth of the Holy Father. Well, when we always have an email exchange, but, you know, before our show, talking about the topics we'll focus on, et cetera, and I wrote you, I said, you know, this Holy Father, much less any of his advisors, I hate to say it, but Pope Francis does not seem to have any idea that millions of people around the world, in all countries, for them, perception is reality. So someone like the Holy Father, the head of the Catholic Church of 1.3 billion people on earth, he says that he hopes, he made it personal, he hopes that hell is empty. But all of a sudden, doubts creep into the minds and hearts of the listeners Mm -hmm. because of who said it. You and I, on our weekly show, we could say something like that today, you know, not having had any Pope say anything, and and who would probably, uh, you know, even write an article about it. But the Holy Father said that. So the thing is, um, uh, there's just so many times when the Holy Father, I, I, I think all of us know this, and I say this respectfully for all of our listeners, but there's so many times when the Holy Father makes a statement, in particular in answer to a question during an interview, and he's done, you know, dozens of those, where it doesn't sound as if it was well thought out. Now, mm-hmm. uh, journalists have told me, uh, and I've even read online about people who've given interviews to the Holy Father, they do not send him the questions in advance, and he does not ask. Well, they may, some may send them, but he never asks for the questions in advance. It might be a good idea, because then you kind of know what's coming at you, and um, and you can respond uh, with official sources, with official quotations. So, but again, yes, the Pope was clear. It, it, this A is not dogma, thank you, Holy Father. And then he said it. Um, it's just his personal opinion. But it's, it's the person of the personal opinion, right? Part mm-hmm. that, who's speaking? You know, and and I mean, you look at it. You know, I, I would have asked a follow-up question in the first place. You and I are interviewers, and right. we've talked to people. And you have ten questions for so and so, and you get to the seventh question, and the answer is nothing like you'd expect. Well, you don't go on to the eighth question. You right. follow up on question mm-hmm. number seven, mm-hmm. and I just would have said, "Holy Father, you know, we know that in life." We make decisions, and those decisions eventually make us. Well, how about people like Hitler and the Holocaust, Stalin, other mm-hmm. dictators, mm-hmm. the terrorists of 9-11, of October 7th, people who exploit and traffic in children and women and produce pornography? Um, <clears throat> if they do this of their own will, they have made that decision to right. do evil, <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, then what about everything we... We were always taught. Well, also just go right to the catechism, as that's what Catholic News Agency did and the Register did after that comment. They went right to the catechism in terms of what the catechism says about hell. I mean, it's right there. I mean, it's paragraph. Yeah, Mm -hmm. paragraph ten thirty-five. The teaching of the Catholic Church affirms the existence of hell and its eternity. Immediately after death, here's the the catcher. Immediately after death, the souls of those who die in a state of mortal sin descend into hell where they suffer the punishments of hell. So, I, I mean, gosh, you and I learned, and any Catholic listening to us learned about mortal sin as we were preparing for our first Holy Communion. We learned about sin because we also had to prepare for our first confession. 
and we had to learn the difference between what is called mortal, related to the word death, and and Mm -hmm. what is called venial, venial Mm -hmm. sin. So the the, the people who who I just some of the also it's in scripture. First John five talks about the difference between venial and mortal sin. I mean, it's right there. It's not only just in the Catechism, but it's in the Bible. No. And and you disobey that, and, and um, I, I, that's why I, you know, that's why um, penance like going to confession can be so wonderful for people be, because they can be forgiven. And this is actually all part of the the questioner asked to the Holy Father. He said, you know, you talk about um, God having mercy and and He loves everyone and forgives and is merciful to everyone. So uh, uh, that was his premise, and then he asked him, you know, about the Pope's thought on hell. Because then it would logically follow if um, that if God would were to, you know, be merciful towards and every person who even a Hitler who caused the Holocaust, then what reason would we even have to listen to commandments? Right. Excuse right. me. To know and to obey commandments. If every single evil, whether you ask for God's pardon or not, is pardoned, and that's the whole thing, and we do, we didn't hear that too much in some of the recent papal documents that came out, where in referring to sinful actions, nothing was mentioned about the fact that sinful actions require repentance mm-hmm. and forgiveness. So you don't just go on leading a sinful life; you have to make up. Uh, and, and repent for that sin. Right. And again, well, he gives us free will. Clear. God gives us free will, but we have to have exactly. a contrite heart. And, and, and yes, he is merciful. And the divine mercy, the message of St. Faustina, uh, the bigger the sin, sure. the bigger, the greater the mercy, but there has to be a contrite heart. I mean, that is clear in Jesus' words yeah. throughout Scripture and all the teachings of the church. And this is the thing, and again, respectfully, he's our Holy Father, we love him, we pray for him, we respect the office of the chair of St. Peter, but the responsibility, and you and I are very sensitive to this because of our media backgrounds, and, and very concerned, sure. because when you drop something like that, and it's in a huge, you know, with a huge audience on this TV show that's aired every Sunday, that's got millions of viewers across Italy, yeah, this then becomes a headline everywhere, everywhere, and yeah. it was for several days that he hopes hell is empty. Well, I, I mean, then, the, okay, then, then clarify that. He, he says it's not dogma. Okay, right. fine. But clarify that, please, and say, this is what the church teaches. My, I, I love people. I, I, I want people to receive mercy. I hope that hell is empty because right. everybody's going to confession or has a contrite heart right before they die. Something like that, but to just let it hang yeah. there. And then no clarification from the press office, ever. No, that that is is the difficult thing. But But here's where... Uh, the Holy Father does create problems for the press office when he says off-the-cuff things that immediately lead to, to everybody sitting up in their chair and going, what did he just say? Oh, my gosh, is that, you know, a change in church teaching? Um, the press office does not, that I am aware of, because we in the Vatican, Vaticanisti, we have tried to find out, you know, the press office, apparently they don't call the Holy Father or text him or anything else at the Santa Marta to say, um, Holy Father, would you care to, uh, to clarify your statement on hell because we have received a lot of questions from the faithful, something like that. But we don't get it. So um, it, whatever he says off the cuff remains off the cuff, whether it's right. understood by people or not, you know. So um, and anyway, no, it's a very popular show. And the thing is, there's three million or so people in Italy that watch it um, on Sunday nights. And then... Uh, it comes from Milan, but this was a uh, a TV hookup with the Vatican, obviously, and mm. the Vatican being in, in Santa Marta. But um, just because of what he said throughout the whole thing, yes, about resigning or not resigning, not that's not on his desk right now, and travels to some place in Polynesia and Argentina, and that's about it. But the big thing, the big piece of news was what he said about, oh, I hope hell is empty. And um, and that's the rest of the media that was not all the people that were not watching that television show learned about it anyway. So um, all of us have to be careful what we say. Right. I mean, Teresa, you and you and I are on the air, and if we say something irresponsible, even if we preface it with, 
you know, Joan, this is just my personal opinion, but we can we can do a lot of bad stuff. Yes, a lot of damage. Ro- yeah. Just yeah. the wrong choice of words. You know? Well, you think about how much we had to discuss several years ago, and we're still, I think, dealing with the fall-off and that who am I to judge, And because the media sure. took that phrase they did take it out of context. If you look at the whole thing, it, it was actually he actually did explain a little bit. But this to me is is very concerning because I know that there are many people because I was one of them for many years who I didn't know my faith at all. And if I had heard a quote from the Pope, at least I knew enough about my faith. Now, well, this is the Pope, and he's saying this, so maybe I'm fine. Maybe right. I don't have to worry about confession or going to Mass or the Ten Commandments or any of that. This is where the responsibility to understand your platform comes in. And, and I, I think, you know, not to judge him, but he was probably thinking he, he, he wants mercy for everyone, so it's his idea that, sure. gosh, I hope nobody's there. I understand that makes sense in terms of him loving people enough and loving God enough Absolutely. and knowing God is merciful, but you, you can't just let that drop. You have to understand how the media will take that and, and then explain it. Even Just saying it's not dogma is not enough, and that's just, I mean, you need an explanation for it. I mean, Teresa, uh, Pope Francis declared an entire holy year, 2015-16, on mercy. And, and mercy has always been one of his key words. I want to think that God will be merciful towards me. But first, I have to turn to him. Right. And I have to say, I know I have done wrong. I, I repent. I'm sorry. I hope I've done the right confession. Whatever I, my words are. We have to have those words of repentance. That would have been my advice as their PR people. You and I would have said, you know, okay, if you're going to talk about this, make sure this is a perfect opportunity to remind people we're going into Lent, right? Yes. Yeah. What's well, a perfect opportunity to teach people about sin? And confession. You know, Sacrament and, of reconciliation. Oh, and, yeah. and confession and quote the, you know, uh, quote uh, paragraph 1035 of the Catechism of the Church, where we learn that those who die in a state of mortal sin descend into hell. And look at, well, what do we say in the creed when we recite the creed? You know, that we don't name people going to hell, but I mean, we do speak of the existence of hell. Well, why would it not even make hell <clears throat> if no one was ever going to be there? And then it's confusing Again, because it's just recently will. he came out very strongly, rightfully so, according to church teaching, talking about surrogacy and saying it needs to be banned around the world. He's yes. been extremely yeah. strong and, again, recently talking about the evils of abortion. So you say that, and then you come back and say, well, <clears throat> hell is empty, basically, then that contra- may seemingly contradict what you said a few weeks before. So it can be very, very confusing for people. Sure. No, and, and I think, uh, again... Considering, I, I'm maybe maybe he just doesn't consider himself. As, well, he considers himself the bishop of Rome, but that's still an, a very important position. But mm-hmm. he is the Holy Father, the head of the Holy See, the person to whom everyone in the church, under his authority, and that's cardinals and bishops and priests and lay people and you and me, how, how we look up to the Holy Father. Right. And the problem comes when someone, anyone says something off the cuff that makes you say, what? What did they just say? Mm -hmm. The problem is the listeners will hear what they want to hear. Right. So if a pope says something that seems to approve your state of life when he actually isn't, but you will hear that in his words. So Mm -hmm. I just Mm -hmm. don't want anybody to be to be misled and just please realize that the Holy Father's intentions were probably very good. Mm-hmm. He doesn't want to think of, of anybody in the world being right. so bad that God couldn't pardon them. Um, but that's what we have to have. We've got to have repentance. And right, and we have to have the clarity when those kinds of statements are made because that's our responsibility yeah. because that's a platform we've been given. Joni, once again, time sure. is already up. Yeah, thank you so much for your for your insights and your wonderful coverage and for all the details of the Holy Father's messages and the interview. We can go to jonesrome at wordpress.com, but also for the update on the audience and other happenings in the Eternal City, also known as... Jones Rome. We'll be right back to wrap up a Wednesday. Stay tuned. When the need for senior care arises, home is where the heart is. Visiting Angels provides home care for mom or dad up to 24 hours per day, including personal care, meals, and light housework. You may select your professional caregiver with Visiting Angels. More information at visitingangels.com or at 877-374-LIVE. 
That's 877-374-LIVE. Visiting Angels, America's Choice in Senior Home Care. From the archives, this this is the wisdom of Mother Angelica. I don't know if news is news anymore. Do you think it is? When you hear that they're going to clone a human being, you know, it's hard enough to put up with some people, let alone two of them. <laughs> we seem to uh, glorify sin, grievous sin these days, see. But we say that the sin is worth it to do good. Now, that doesn't make any sense, does it? The abortion clinics sell the little fetus six, seven, eight, nine hundred dollars a piece. First we murder the child and then we sell it. For what? Oh, well it's going to cure an old woman. We just killed a young one. True love is the best gift of all. For more about Mother Angelica, visit EWTNRC.com. Unveiling the Covenant is the newest program from Ave Maria Radio. What is a covenant? It's a vowed exchange of lives which results in an unbreakable family bond. Throughout scripture, God seeks to espouse all mankind to himself in an unbreakable covenant bond. His covenantal love is a free gift, but it necessitates a response from us. We are free to accept or reject it. Let's learn what this means as we unveil the covenants. Saturday mornings at 11 and Sunday morning at 9.30 a.m. on Ave Maria Radio. your listenership. This program is archived every single day by my wonderful producer, Andrew Kruchek, and you can check it out at AveMariaRadio.net. We will be from Washington tomorrow, a special program for you, and pray for us as we head out to D.C., pray for all our crew, all the equipment, and thanks be to God for EWTN's dedication to this incredible event. Also, other events going on, not just on Friday, of course, of the March for Life, but also the Mass and so many other events at the Basilica and the Big Walk for Life West Coast on Saturday. Talk to you from Washington, God willing. Ciao, ciao. You've been listening to Catholic Connection with Teresa Tamio. Catholic Connection is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Our producer is Andrew Kruchek. For copies of this program or for more information, visit AveMariaRadio.net. That's A-V-E-MariaRadio.net. Thanks for listening and join us next time for another edition of Catholic Connection.